virtual teachers. Welcome back to the virtual classroom. Today is a special episode covering promising practices. Haven't heard of it? K-12 powered schools host a virtual conference, I think twice a year, and it's led by teachers and teacher trainers. And every teacher and every leader from every school powered by K-12.com is invited. They have trainings over categories such as teacher resources, utilizing technology, leadership, supporting teachers, student leadership, community, instructional strategies, and engagement. I absolutely love Promising Practices because it's professional development led by teachers and teacher trainers who know the virtual world. I've attended some PD and they have no idea how our world works. So it's always a challenge for them to present strategies in a way that works for us. We normally figure it out, as I'm sure you know, but it's still a mental challenge that we have to wrap our minds around. I love that we don't have to do that with promising practices. So today on the podcast, we had Shannon from Indiana Digital Learning School and Julie from Ohio Virtual Academy. Cheyenne is a middle school special education teacher who mainly works with small groups and transition students, whereas Julie is a high school teacher who recently had to switch grade levels and now teaches American Lit. Then there's me, a fourth grade homeroom teacher. The idea of today's podcast is to create like a teacher's lounge. If you've ever worked in a traditional school, you know, after a day of PD, sometimes you'll just want to go to either your classroom or the teacher's lounge or co-worker's classroom, and then just kind of reflect, debrief even about what you learned. So today I attended six sessions and there's no way we can talk about all six. So instead I asked them for their favorites. They each picked one and we talked about it. Enjoy. I only got to, I went to like two and a half. One was like during my data dig time. And so I couldn't fully like listen, but um, I did the self-care one that Michelle did, the musical Rose. Yes. And then, so that was probably the one that I listened to the most. The webcam one I just went to, I already kind of knew a lot, but I haven't really been used. I haven't used mine yet. So I don't, I don't think I'm like the expert of there yet, you know, and I'm still kind of learning, but. Well, I'm glad that you're doing the self-care one because I honestly didn't really pay attention to it. I was, <laughs> I was eating my lunch. Right. And I was like, I'm self-caring right now. There you go. Right. <laughs> Make it sure. good. Well, that makes sense. And that's what I figured because then I thought, well, maybe somebody else paid more attention in like the quiz tool one, which you guys probably didn't because I think I'm the. Um, I, I didn't go to that now, one. I'm actually that's, really mad right now because I'm trying to load up the Dropbox and it keeps saying error. Yeah, they said something in my last session that there was something going on with the Dropbox mm. and they were trying to fix it. So, because um, like I didn't take notes, but I was banking on that Dropbox to be working. Right, right. <laughs> no, the one I was gonna do was the Ready Set Grow. Um, and there was, okay. what they do is like an upgrade your grade session. So I was going to focus on that one. That works. Well, go for it. Okay. We'll let you begin. <laughs> oh, me? Oh, sure. I was going to go one, two, three, nose goes. <laughs> <laughs> Not it. <laughs> no, well, I, I can't. Go for it. 
<laughs> okay. Um, so I, I, I'm so mad. I really wish I could see these slides. Um, because I've, I like you, I have terrible memory. Um, but to the upgrade your grade, what they do is they hold sessions once a week for anyone that's failing their class and they are required. They're not optional sessions because we all know that if a session is optional, no one is going to show up. Absolutely. Unless yep. usually they're over the overachievers, they'll show up. Um, but so they make it required and so really it's built to hold the students more accountable for their grades. Um, and I was really interested in it because I am a special ed teacher. And so I want to incorporate this into like my small groups every week um, because a lot of our kids are failing um, the ones that have the disabilities. So it's going to be helpful for me because we can go in and we can say, okay, like what is, what's your goal grade? What grade do you want to have at the end of the year? And then we figure out how many points that they have to have in order to get that grade. And then every week they'll see, okay, I've earned this many points. How many more points do I need to earn in order to keep the grade that I have or to go up in my grade? So it was really like, that's what the biggest thing that I got from that session was being able to hold the students accountable and showing them actually how to build their grade up, how to upgrade their grade. Um, because if you're just telling them, okay, just go redo your assignments and then make sure that you have an A on those assignments. Um, I think this will actually show them, okay, so this grade that's worth 30 points is going to affect my grade more than this grade that is only worth five points. But then they also need to realize that if they're skipping five five-point grades, then that's also going to affect their grade a little bit more than maybe just the one that's worth 30 points. So it's it really shows them, I think, what they need to do, right, really just to get the grade that they want. Absolutely. And I think it's like, I remember using that strategy at the end of every semester in college, mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, I procrastinated. Yes. So <laughs> I feel like yes, I've done a math genius at that point. I remember doing that too. Like, what what do I need to earn on the final <laughs> to pass this class? I just need to see yes. <laughs> what do I need to make. Or if I had a really high grade, I, I also remember, like, do I even need to take the final? Like, yep. is that something I even need to do? So I think it's a powerful skill. So, how, how do you plan on implementing this in your, um, in your classroom? So since I technically don't have a classroom of my own, I just have small groups, um, one of which I teach with another teacher. Um, we have three sessions a week for each section, so nine sessions total. And then I have my own small group um, called Transitions. I think I'm going to primarily use it in the Transitions class because I think that'll actually be impactful for them transitioning to high school and them also transitioning to college and after high school um, because it, since it is definitely an accountability tool um, it goes hand in hand with transitioning and 
So go, oh, I, was, ahead, I was just going to jump in and say that that you're absolutely right. As a high school teacher, I can tell you that that is um, something that the kids are always doing, trying to figure out like what I can do, what I don't have to do. I've yeah. even had kids, unfortunately, they work to a certain point and they go, okay, I'm done. I scored enough yeah. points. I passed the class. Um, so I hate that they're only reaching like their goal is to get to like that D minus at 60% because that's all they need to pass. But unfortunately some do, but um, I think it's more beneficial when they're doing it and they're trying to better themselves and say, okay, I'm going to work a little harder. What do I need to do to get to a C? What do I need oh to do gosh, to get to a B <laughs> or an A or whatever? So I like that aspect of it. I do too. And it's something that I struggle with in elementary world because we do have um, like our TGAs, our, our teacher grade assignments, our uh, benchmarks, those are worth 40% of their overall grade. And then their class connects are worth 20% of their overall grade. And mm. uh, so they, uh, I mean, progress and assessments are only worth 40 total in their right. online school. So I'm like, guys, you're, the majority of your grade is coming from Class Connects because we do their TJs and their um, and benchmarks live in a Class Connect. And so they are struggling. <laughs> like I have kids that are like, awesome, they're doing great in the OLS, but they're not coming to class and they're not understanding how their grade is working. And so that sounds like something that I probably need to hit more on, but it's really more, I mean, like, I guess I would need some tips on that because fourth, I don't know if fourth graders can quite grasp that concept. It'd be probably right. more for their parents. So I was just going to say, it's probably their parents' fault if they're not coming to oh, yeah. class it's then. For yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. My, um, we don't require, I mean, we don't um, use attendance as part of the grade, which <laughs> I was just thinking as you were saying that going, oh my goodness, I would have so many kids not passing. Um, we actually have a lot of students who just um, work asynchronously and that we just provide them with the recordings and the slides that we use and they just do it all on their own. Um, I guess, Obviously, though, that's high school, so some kids can do it yeah, that way. But and your, and yours I'm wondering like if that's a normal thing. A credit recovery. Count the attendance. Well, I'm not there anymore. I moved oh, out right. of credit yeah. recovery into the, right. yeah, into main high school. But yeah, but even in credit recovery, kids were doing the same thing. It just, you know, as long as they did the work, you know, we didn't, right. we didn't enforce them coming to class, I guess. I think, because I, I think the school's too afraid they would lose. Maybe oh, yeah. Kids and that was something them. that we that we face too. I mean, we had kids yeah. withdraw because, right. But our, our main concern and, and what I really push for uh, during my time here is the validity of this data, the validity of this education that they're getting. How can we trust that? Cause we would have kids that scored advanced on their benchmarks, but then would bomb the, their state right. assessments. And so yes. we're like, they got to be in class, you know, they got to be in class and we, we got to see them. And so that's where that came from. Um, and I'm glad that we're well, doing this. We had a PD this morning, like my school, we normally have PD Fridays at nine. And there were a couple of teachers that were talking about, um, they team teach and they uh, do ninth grade uh, history. And it was kind of cool because what they were 
talking about how they created some song, they sang some history song, they had all these important things that are on the state test, and they taught it to their kids, and it was a really goofy song, and the kids kind of thought it was like, what are these teachers doing? But then after the testing, they said so many kids same to, said to them that that song was running through their head as they were taking the state test, and it really helped improve their scores. So that's another reason why something that you could do in class can you know carry you to that state test and help you help you help the student there so if they're not coming oh, yeah. to class they're missing that, that important part but, but yeah I was really surprised at that to to think of that oh yeah teach them goofy songs <laughs> oh yeah that's actually the one that I left was the memory keys um to go to the um work smarter not harder one. Oh, yeah <laughs> And I did, um, when I taught um, middle school for a while, I used to use the old, like, um, schoolhouse rock, the grammar rock, when mm. I was doing grammar. Oh, my gosh. And they were the goofiest, silly little songs, but same thing. Kids would say, yeah, I'm singing those. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning them. I have though. so many different math ones. It right. is real. And Kimberly, I know you're really good with using all the cool props with your um, green screen and using my cam. And yes. so that kind of stuff is super engaging and they miss all that. They do. Yeah, they do. And, and like we do our, our TGAs are based off like this, the state test. So whenever um, we do like a writing prompt, so if they don't come to class, they don't get that practice. So, right. Again, now, and then they also get a zero, which will now, then you, hurt their grade. <laughs> do you guys um, at your schools have to record the sessions? Yes. Because, okay, yeah, because we have to record the sessions. So if someone doesn't come to class, then that way they don't have an excuse to not watch the, re the recordings later. Yep. But at the same time, I'm also like, they don't ever watch the recordings. They don't watch recordings either. They yeah. don't ever watch yeah. the recordings. And on those days when we do the benchmarks or a TGA, I tell them, hey, it's TGA day. This has been on your newsletter. It's it built into your OLS. It's, it's everywhere. Um, so if you're not here, um, I hope that you'd already sent me an email. Let me know why you're not and you're planning on coming to the makeup session. So be looking for that email. If, right. Like, and then I stopped the recording. So that way... Mm -hmm. thing so that's just what I what we do but okay um, my my little trick is too is that we record everything of course also and then I have to give um we provide our students with the slides that we use as well so but one thing mm. I do is sometimes I if there's something I really need them to know I won't put it on the slide and I will just say it on a specific slide and so that that almost forces them to get through the recording because they need to you know, listen, because I didn't, because some will just go click, take the slides and go, go over the slides and go, okay, I'm done. Right. But, you know, I want them to remember that there is an important part of being in that classroom or listening to the full recording, because there's things that you're not going to just get from looking at a slide. This is so geared off from the original, but I, I, know. I, love <laughs> it. Um, I still love it. And I know of a teacher who used to do that and would put a mystery word. And so yes. the ticket out the door would be like, they would put in Google Forms or something of that nature, and yep. they would put the secret word. Um, and it wasn't put on the board. It was just something she said. So they had oh, to that's smart. Yep. be listening to the 
whatever. But I stopped doing that because it's just like you got to be in live attendance to get a grade. So I figured the, them getting a zero for that particular class is going to Yeah. Happen <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, I've thought about doing it too, but uh, I don't know. It wouldn't work. <laughs> Not enough I, come. <laughs> I just wish that I could actually give grades for small groups because I have kids oh, yeah. that don't ever, yeah, they don't ever come to small groups. Talk to your uh, admin about it. See if that's something you guys can do next year. It's worth 20% Ooh, yeah. of their math and reading for us. And Ooh. Oklahoma has a way of pulling it. So they, um, they need to um, 10. And so there's a naming convention type thing. Yeah. Now, so did these, they just, oh. Oh, I was just going to say, this, these small groups are specifically those um, with IEPs. So I don't know how well we could put that into a grade. Yeah, I don't know. And do they do, is it just count if they're there or are you like keeping track of whether they're engaged and participating? Yeah, so I keep my own Excel. I have my okay. own that I, that I pull. And so... Uh, yeah, so if they come, if they go into like my MIA room, I deduct points. Oh, and, okay, got it. Yeah. And if they are like at a specialist doctor's appointment and they let me know and give me a doctor's note, then I will exempt that, uh, that particular one. Nice. Hmm. Like it. All right. Um, Interesting. Julie, what one did you go to that you yeah, really enjoyed? So, I um, did the self-care for busy teachers and it was fantastic. Um, it was hosted by um, Michelle Rose, the musical Rose on Instagram. You guys probably know her. Um, and I, when I, I didn't know she was doing it when I was going through the list of ones I wanted to do. I was like, oh, that one sounds really good. And then I looked more closely. I was like, oh, that's Michelle. She posts about that all the time. So um, definitely a little shout out to her Instagram. She's yes. always talking about teacher self-care. But um, it, it was like, it was really nice because like she started out too by um, telling us about her own experience where at one point she had landed her dream job. It was the one that she had always thought she wanted to do. And she worked so hard, like 60 plus hours a week sometimes that she completely burned herself out, resigned at the end of the year and was like, I'm never going to teach again. This was horrible. But then her heart kept calling her back and she wanted to get back into education. So she started researching, um, a way to still teach but not burn herself out. And that's what led her into virtual teaching is because she found that she could um, take better care of herself as a virtual teacher. Um, so she just, she basically started out just talking about like what is self-care. Um, and oh, and I, one thing I really liked at the very beginning too, she asked everybody, um, there was like a packet, we could download it and write our answers on it. And she wanted to know what our definition of self-care is. So like, you know, everybody had wrote on their, um, their paper, you know, what, what it was. And then, then she came back and gave like the actual definition. And I wrote it down because I really liked it. And she, the term self-care refers to activities and practices that we can engage in on basis to reduce stress and maintain and enhance our short and long-term health and well-being. And what I liked is that a lot of people at the very beginning 
put down self-care, like watch a movie, get a pedicure, um, hang out with friends. And, you know, although she was saying that, yeah, those are, excuse me, those are like really great things to do, but like, it's not entirely self-care. Um, she wrote, treating yourself is not the same as taking care of yourself. So I, I like that there, she, he started out right off the bat showing that there was a big difference. So yeah, those are great things to do. You're treating yourself. You might go shopping. You might get the pedicure, whatever. But the self-care was actually taking care of yourself. Um, so I, I like that because that wasn't something that was sort of in my mind. You know, I just thought sort of the same thing. Well, like just doing something for me. But it goes beyond that. Um, so then she had everybody, she talked about all the different things you can do and then had everybody create their own self-care plan. But so she went through and um, talked about some different things. Like first she talked about boundaries. Um, make sure that you um, limit yourself, um, like how much you're available for people, um, even having a dedicated space in your home, if you can, even she said, I live in a tiny apartment, so I don't have an office that I can walk out of, but she said, I, I consider closing my laptop as my dedicated space. Um, and then she went even more thoroughly into like um, setting boundaries for email, setting boundary for like texts and phone calls. Um, and, you know, she recommended to take your work email off your phone, which I know some people do. I don't mind if it's on mine. I, I don't usually, I don't really look at it. I figure my time's my time. Um, and another thing that she had talked about, too, is that to be careful how quickly you respond to not even just students and parents, but also to coworkers. Um, because she said, if you get into the habit of, like, answering an email as soon as it one, that people will expect that from you always. And then two, you'll start to get yourself very anxious. Um, you'll like train yourself to um, always feel like you have to answer right away. Whereas it's not really that important. You know, it's something that can wait till tomorrow. You know, it can wait till 8 a.m. I don't have to answer it at 7.30 the night before. So um, I really like that. Just really talking about like resisting to, um, to reach for that email or a text from a parent or student or whatever. Um, let me think what else. Oh, and then also the other thing that was really big, she talked about um, setting the boundary of time of working only within your contracted work hours um, and maybe even like set timers for the different things you do throughout the day. I'm super guilty of working beyond my contracted hours, but I, um, it, it's a little different in my world in high school. I haven't taught the same thing every semester. So, and I'm kind of a perfectionist, so I have to be prepared. So I am always working outside of my contracted hours, but only because I need to be prepared. And I know that's not the best, uh, self-care boundary for myself, but I don't have a choice because I have to be prepared, you know, to teach. I might, where I might slack then is I've got a bazillion things to grade and I'll go, okay, that's just going to have to wait. I cannot do any more, you know, work today. So, um, I did like that part of it to remind myself to do that. Um, let's see. She also, oh, talked about too, don't work when you're sick or if you need like that mental health day, make sure you do that. Um, because that's, um, super important as well. Um, part of the plan that she gave us was to think of these like four important things, like reduce, 
um, what you can of your workload, um, streamline it and prioritize it just so that you are maybe doing a little bit less and working smarter, not harder. <laughs> and then delegate anything you can. Um, anytime you can, you know, sort of try to like put something on somebody else. You don't always have to, um, you know, be the one doing everything. So, and then she gave a bunch of like articles and blogs that um, you could look up if you were interested in learning more about, um, about that. And then she gave a bunch of different um, social media accounts that you could follow if you wanted to see how other people were making self-care a priority in their life. So that was basically it. And it was really fun. And it was, there's a lot of people there and a lot of people were really, really interested in trying to take better care of themselves because you know, teachers burn out. We do burn out. And yeah. I'll find myself working on lesson plans on Saturday morning, but it's like my time to kind of be fun and not feel yeah. rushed. And so yes. I kind of always wonder, I'm like, is that self-care? Like if I don't do it, I feel a little stressed on yes. So Good or, point. Like, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I work outside of my hours. I like, I will shut my computer down at four, like regardless, but I might turn it back on later after I put like my son to bed or, and I want to yeah. play while I'm watching SVU or something. Right. Like, <laughs> but I mean, is, I wonder if that is considered kind of self-care because otherwise, like I said, I'll stress out if I, right. If I don't. I mean, I, I definitely would. Um, I, I prefer to work on IEPs on the weekends whenever I'm not so stressed getting them done. Right. Take like a few hours carve out a little bit um, and just work on them. I'm actually doing that either tomorrow or Sunday. I don't know which one yet, but um, I feel like I'm not as stressed whenever I have my time to do it and not just an hour that I'm crunching in. I'd rather take that hour of like planning time, sit back and take a mental break um, and de-stress a little bit instead of trying to cram everything in. Right. Thank you guys for validating me because that's kind of like what I felt like. I mean, she was saying, don't do this, but then I'm like, but I have to do it because I have to be prepared. You know, I mean, I, I can't just, you know, switch to a new content and and two days have to teach my first class and have never taught that before. You know, I've got to read the book. I got to create a lesson plan and, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like self-care really is important because I mean, we do get burnout, but also I think Self-care can be taken to an extreme. Oh, yeah. Um, I might. Tell us more. So so I feel like if you take self-care to the extreme, you could end up pushing responsibilities off whenever you like don't need to. It's finding the balance of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's finding the balance between work and personal life. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. My husband is a brick and mortar band director right now. And I've tried to give him advice on like his own self care. But I mean, I think he's actually found it now. Um, He actually strives to be the last one leaving the parking lot every day. Uh (laughs) And I've told him, Hey, I told him, hun, there's no award for being the last one in the parking lot. And he's like, well, yeah, there is, especially if you're a band director and you have after school rehearsal however many times a day. And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, true, 
because then they would win first place. Actually, they did win <laughs> first place a couple of times. And so he's like, I mean, there is technically an award for me. I'm like, <laughs> okay, smart Alex. That's <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, he'll come home and he'll play video games to de-stress and take care of himself. So right. I think he's actually found that balance now. But yeah. I feel like that it can be taken to the, an extreme sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that like, that. it just sort of depends on what, yeah, depends on what's going on too in your life. Like yeah. I'm not working as hard now as I did at the beginning of this semester when I switched to my, um, the new subject that I'm teaching. Um, I had to work a little harder for like the first month. Now it's like, okay, I kind of got it. You know, I try to get everything done during the day, but Yes, and I actually, I'll hit on the boundaries real quick, too. I do believe in taking the boundaries, like, don't have your email on your phone, and that's actually something that I've only... Oh, my God, I used to have email on my phone, and... (laughs) Yeah, I I used to have it on my phone also, Um, but this year I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I have my laptop here at home, so if I really need to check my email, I'll just open it up and check my email. My husband, on the other hand, has his school email on his phone, he got an email on Christmas morning Ooh. about <laughs> some absolute bull crap that um, because they do a holiday tournament for basketball every year. And this was one of, they have an alumni band that plays with them. And this was one of the alumni members that was upset that they were oh, changing gosh. the schedule and it, it ruined his Christmas. Like it oh. literally ruined his Christmas and I'm still mad at her. <laughs> But, and that's, and I think he's also learned now that he needs to take his work email off of his phone or at least mute it at at certain times, turn off the notifications. And then that way he has that boundary because he doesn't have that boundary right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was like the first thing I told, I was a mentor for a couple of years and I think I'll reapply this. I took a break from it because I needed to just kind of focus on me and do some self-care um, but that was always my number one advice. I'm like, just because you can put your email on your phone and yes. now, especially we can put like our kid email on our phones too, uh, or our school email, not just our K-12. I'm like, don't do it. Like, just don't, don't do oh, that. Yeah. And cause, uh, yeah, it, it can consume your life and, uh, and getting like a ding at seven <laughs> o'clock at night is not what you want to hear while you're watching the bachelorette or something like <laughs> you don't you just don't so yeah I think he I'm gonna tell him to only keep like remind on his phone that way if, like the kids need to get a hold of him for something but other than that like no email right I think what the difference is too is that, I mean, because like I said, I have mine on, but I don't feel that pull. That's the one thing I don't have. I'll look at it. it. Yeah, see, I don't. (laughs) I can, but I'd like to keep it on there because there are times like, you know, maybe like during the day I might step away, you know, go downstairs and linger down there a little too long and then I might get an email from like something that I need to do and I'll be like, Oh gosh, I better get back up to work. So, Uh you know, I like that part of it is that it keeps me in check. If I, you know, if I, so I don't get like distracted during the day or something. And then I'm always, so I, but I don't mind it then at night, I guess I just, 
I'm, you know what, though? I'm also that person whose phone never leaves silent. So um, <laughs> nothing <laughs> bothers me because I have to actually look at it to see it. You know, I don't have dings. Uh, yep. See, my yeah, husband's so. the same way. His phone is always on silent, no vibrates, yep. nothing. And yeah. it, it gets on my nerves whenever he loses it. Because oh, because like, then okay, you can't find it. I'm your yeah, husband. and I'm like, oh, I'll just call it. And he's like, it's on silent. So yep. now I've made him turn on find my iPhone so I can ping it. There you go. That's that so at least him. works. Yeah, your husband so. has a lot of issues. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> he does have issues. <laughs> Thank God he has you. <laughs> I know. I know, but I'm also the one that's, like, refusing to do any chores right now in the house also, so. I mean, we all that's have good them, either. But, I mean, oh, as yeah. far as teacher self-care, he's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. We're, We're all learning lessons he's... from your husband. Thank God. Yes. So. <laughs> he is a prime example of what not to do <laughs> for teacher self-care. All right. Well, ladies, we have about three minutes left. Is there anything yeah. else that we want to talk about before we before it actually officially kicks us out <laughs> um i'm not sure nope nothing i can say congratulations so to you i just saw that you won yes, the teacher of the year award kimberly that's well, fantastic um, thanks again everybody my social media has been blowing up with congratulations and that means the world to me I always want to be Teacher of the Year. Uh, it's not because I have a high ego. It's just that I want to be the best that I can possibly be and worthy of that title. And so thank you guys for always being an inspiration and always being uh, my great support system. If it wasn't for you guys, you wouldn't be the ones inspiring me and pushing me to grow. And I'm thankful for you guys. So. Thank you for supporting me and my dreams of trying to grow this community and so we all can be the best of the best. But self-care is real and teacher burnout is real even in a virtual realm. So I love that this was Julie's favorite. I love that she wanted to talk about this because I'm sure she's like, although we didn't talk about it, I'm sure this is all of our favorite jobs. We're, we're living our best lives and doing our dream jobs as educators. I mean, working in our sweatpants can't get better than that as an educator, right? But it's still, there's still a mental load, uh, just as any job does. And the struggle can be really real when you have a high caseload of kids and it never feels like you have enough time to reach them all, even though we desperately want to. And although I've always been an educator that left at four o'clock, even in a traditional school, when I came over to a virtual realm, it was not a challenge to turn the computer off at four o'clock. It was just something I've always done. But I also always struggled with, you know, I, this is my dream job. I'm, I wanna be a teacher that is here to change education and making it something so much more than just standardized tests, I'm sure as we all do. And sometimes that means that while my son is watching Ryan's World or um, something on Netflix and I'm on the computer exploring best practices or changing up my templates to from Minecraft to a, a detective theme like that that's worth it to me because 
I'm playing, I'm growing, it's fun. And, and then and my kids are gonna benefit because of it. And so I think there's a balance that we all need to find within our own selves. Like Julie's okay with having email on her phone, whereas I'm not, I will constantly be on that. And <laughs> I just can't find the balance in that. So I love that Kate 12 is promoting this and I'm glad that people attended this and I'm glad we're talking about it because we do need to take care of ourselves because if we're not going to take care of ourselves, who is? And our kids and our students and our families are gonna suffer if we don't take care of ourselves. We need to be living our best lives so our kids can live their best lives as well. So take care of yourselves. And then I also loved how Cheyenne went to that Ready, Set, Grow session. I remember reading the description. It, the title is Ready, Set, Grow. Help your students improve their grade with goal setting and accountability. And my fourth grade mind thought, nah, that's not going to apply to fourth grade. And so I'm really glad Cheyenne went to it. And I'm really glad that we talked about it because as she was talking about it, I realized, hey, no, this is totally relevant. This is totally relevant to fourth grade. And it's something that I should be talking about because my kids are taking ownership of their education and so are their, their parents are too. They are a big stakeholder in their kids education and I need to be more transparent with that. And I don't think a lot of my families realize that class connects are worth 60% of their overall grades in both reading and math. And I need to make that known. And so thank you, Cheyenne, for going to that. And thank you for sharing it because this is going to change at least a few things in my class connects, maybe just something I add to my one of my slides. And so that way, just people are just aware that my students are aware that, hey, yes, this is important, but this is the most important thing that you're going to do this this quarter. So we need to make this a priority. So thank you for that. I want to give a special thanks and shout out to Julie, who is educating underscore muggles on Instagram and then Cheyenne who is Cheyenne underscore plans please head on over to Instagram and check them out and make sure you give them a like and a follow and as I said at the beginning there's just no way that we could talk about every session today but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't right so maybe you attended a session got a super big nugget of knowledge out of it and want to share we want to hear it so just because this episode is over doesn't mean the conversation's over. So please head on over to our Instagram. That's definitely the most active one. But we also do have a Facebook page and a Facebook group called the VT Lounge. And we should be talking in there about the sessions you attended today and the big highlights or the big uh, takeaway from it. We wanna know, we need to be learning from each other and we need to be becoming our best teacher selves. So thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to hear about what you learned during the Promising Practice Conference today. And I can't wait to see you guys next week on Monday for our new edition of Mini PD Mondays. And then on Friday, we'll have a new episode with one of the teachers that I've been able to talk to. Can't wait to share. Have a great weekend and remember, be brave, take a risk and have fun. Bye.